Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you so much for coming along with us daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Yeah, and, um, you know, folks, uh, thank you for making us uh, one of the most popular shows on uh, Red State, which is the largest uh, and most uh, the most popular uh, talk platform in the nation, most listened to. And we certainly do appreciate every one of you throughout the Fruited Plains. And if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, and... Um, you um, will certainly see the Red State Talk billboard right there above the iconic Ripley's um, building. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant show does pop up there 24-7. And old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you there in Times Square. Sure be glad when all of that get back to normal. Thinking about uh, things that get back to normal, you know, uh, folks, um, whenever sickness strikes and whenever uh, we're uh, afflicted, you know, with certain things in our lives, my discipline is, and, and all of you know this, that I, I prayed about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to talk to God about it. That's my discipline. That's the creator. I was telling you about a friend yesterday, uh, Lee Lamson, and I, who and was my host, he and his wife, June, down in uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida just over this past weekend and uh, it's kind of my attention he's in need of prayer you don't need to know anything else about anything i just asking you right now in the name of jesus to lift up lee lampson and his wife his family my friend leanne and her her children uh in prayer and um we want to thank god for his healing and we want to thank God for hearing our prayer even before the words are spoken in the name of Jesus. Thank you uh, for that. And Lee Lampson is his name. God knows exactly who you're talking about. He knows who I'm talking about to you. So you don't know, need to know anything else other than just just do that for a fellow believer uh, like we are. Let's join ours to him in Jesus' name. Hey, folks, uh, as we go forward in uh, this show today got a this is of course uh wise woman wednesday that'll be uh kicking off at the top of the next hour and i uh, got some really great uh two women really great women lined up for you and uh, we're going to talk to them in the uh, second hour and if you don't get both hours of the cl bryant show you be sure 
to download free the T-H-E-C-L Bryant Show. Uh, Dr. Carol Swain is going to be one of those guests. Carol and I are on the same board, um, the advisory board for the president. She is a um, former professor at Vanderbilt University, great friend of mine, incredibly um, wise woman, I think, uh, in, in my opinion. I know she and I get a lot of flack over our political opinions and so forth, and some people think that's not wise, but uh, she's one of the wisest ones I know. And we're going to have a, a lot more on this show as we go forward. That was an idea that Michelle came up with a couple, well, just last week, <laughs> just last week. And, uh, and so, uh, we're, we're doing that. And then after Dr. Swain would, would Carol would be on with me, I have Dr. Kia Ellis. Dr. Kia Ellis is, um, doing and, and has this, this theory it's called critical race theory, and uh, she's going to give it to us from a Christian point of view, bring us up to speed on what she's doing these days, and um, the millennial point of view, since she is one of those. She's a millennial, and um, so I'd like to hear, but she's a wise woman. Oh, yeah, there are plenty of millennials who are wise. Oh, yeah, 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 there are plenty of them who are wise. Uh, I have two daughters, three daughters. <laughs> I mean three. I have three daughters who are wise. All three of you <laughs> are very wise. My son, he's wise too. That'll uh, keep down the hullabaloo at Thanksgiving. I had to do it. Had to do it. And uh, before they come on, at the bottom of the hour, I have on Casper uh, uh, for Wyoming. Casper Stockham is going to be my guest. Uh, he's going to tell us about his race that he's running. And in support of him, it's going to be my good friend from the great state of Louisiana, Albert Guillory. Uh, Senator Albert Guillory is going to be on with me in support of our, our friend. Yeah, Casper Stockham there in Colorado. And uh, some good things can happen. Casper's uh, gaining steam big time in Colorado. We're going to see what we can do to give him a little nudge, I guess. Not telling anybody to vote for anyone, not at all. But, you know, I like to talk to my friends. And if, in fact, my friend's opponents come on with me, they may just sway me. Who knows? I simply vote uh, for the better man. I, the reason a person becomes my political friend is because we have the same values, right? Yeah, right. But I'll vote for the better person, period. Because when it all boils down, my advice to you and anyone else is vote your pocketbook. Vote your purse. Vote your wallet. Uh, whatever, vote the change in your pocket, whatever. That's how you make a political decision. And, you know, if, if you're not basing it on, on morality, but even that should be based upon what it's going to cost you. Okay. And you vote your pocketbook. This is what my dad always, my dad always, always uh, said that to me. And even though I know dad, often talked about 
you know, and, and it's, 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 it's sad that he didn't live long enough for me to have this discussion with him and all this. My dad died when I was 21. I was on my own. L.C. Uh, Bryant went on to be with the Lord. I've been on my own ever since. Uh, my mom, I had to, you know, kick in and help her. He left her well off, but she was an emotional wreck. And so um, he always said, vote your pocketbook. And that's what I've done. I have a feeling dad was a Republican. I have a feeling, when I think back on everything that my father would say to me and the things that, that uh, you know, he would in, 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 in instill in me and, and put in my head, when I think back on it, all of them were cons- very conservative values. Now, keep in mind, my father, up until the, the, the time that he was being inducted into the world, uh, Second World War, he went to join up when he got inducted into the Second World War. He was basically illiterate. He had maybe a third grade education, maybe third grade education. My mom was teaching him to read out of a uh, elementary school primer. It was um, called Through the Looking Glass. I think it was Through the Looking Glass. Or, but anyway, it was Alice in Wonderland. And the author was a guy named Lewis Carroll. So my father's initials, L.C., that's what they, that was his name. That was his name. His name was Elsie. So the induction officer there, uh, when he was going into the war, uh, WW2, said, you can't come into this man's army with just initials for a name. You got to call yourself something. So call yourself something. Recruit. <laughs> Dad thought about the LC and he remembered that he was being taught to read out of a book written by a fellow by the name of Lewis Carroll. So he named himself that day, Lewis Carroll Bryant. And he made it official when he got out. I'm not really sure my dad even has a birth certificate. I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, I found my grandparents and their parents and animal records, you know, that type of things. So, that's a part of Americana. That's a part of a story. And so there's a, a legacy to the CL is what I'm, I'm getting at. And it's a legacy to what we do. And people vote for various reasons. And many times they are passed down to you from folks who come before you. And um, even though my dad, of course, was in that Democrat movement, even Dr. King now, keep in mind, even Dr. King, when he died, was a Republican. Most people don't know that. And, uh, you know, King was a Republican when he was assassinated. You know, most black people were because of, of Lincoln. And Democrats hadn't done much for him. It was obvious what, what was happening in the South with Democrats. And so today we need to pay close attention to who it is we're voting, going to vote into office. Um, <clears throat> Casper Stockham, uh, full disclosures, black Democrat, black, black Republican, conservative like me. And of course, Albert Guillory is a black conservative who is now a Republican, who was a Democrat, but is now a Republican. I like to think that I was helpful in, in uh, that transition. 
now a Republican, will be on to speak on his behalf. And Albert uh, speaks from the eyes of wisdom. Um, you can look at Albert. Could you do Wikipedia? You'll know. I think Albert uh, is 75. He may be a little older now. I think the last I counted, he was 75. He may be around 77. Him and Joe Biden may be the same age. But Albert is wise even beyond those years. He's like talking to a sage. And I get to hang out with, I feel so blessed. You know, people say they're, you know, get lucky to hang out with me. No, 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 no. I'm blessed to hang out with you guys. I'm blessed to hang out with people like Lee Lampson and, and other friends like him around the country. I am blessed to get your story, your knowledge about how this thing went down. People, yes, and certainly people who are even older than I am, you know, and, I, and I, I've been around a while. I've seen a lot. But as I say a lot of times to a friend of mine, uh, I'm, a, I'm a young man who's lived a long time. I still love to have fun and, you know, incredibly energetic. And, um, and that's what I admire about our president, who, of course, in Florida right now is a dead heat with Joe Biden, which means that he's at least six or seven points ahead. Don't rest on that. I'm just saying that's probably the way it is. This president is heading for a landslide victory. Don't get complacent. You know, I guess I might as well stop saying that because the last thing I want you to do is become complacent when you should be energetic. And that's what I was talking about. That's what I admire about this president. This president is 10 years older than me. Okay. But yet he is incredibly energetic. And following in his wake, you know, like I'll be going to North Carolina. That's where he is. That's where he is today. I think he's in North Carolina today or was there yesterday. No, I think he was down in Florida yesterday. He's in North Carolina today. And then he'll be headed up to Pennsylvania. And then I'll be headed to Pennsylvania uh, in his wake. And there's all, it's always good to do that because he makes it easy when you follow behind him and just reinforce what he's saying the president is going to win big it's going the democrats are going to have to reach for their crying towels again and this time it's just going to be more than just the 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 sobbing that they did it was just so sad to watch <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't sad at all it <laughs> it it's going to be more than the sobbing that they did when Hillary lost. Especially when they're coming to the realization right now that the president is putting out there on the wire. In fact, uh, there's a news report out there. I think it's in Newsmax. It says uh, Trump states Hillary was a much more capable candidate than Biden. 
Oh, that's got to chap somebody's hide real bad. It's got to chap somebody's hide real bad for Trump to say that Hillary, who he beat, was a much better candidate than Joe Biden, who he's going to trounce. Because Joe's got to show up. I told us talking to you yesterday. Joe's got to show up. Joe just can't come on and say Quentin's bad. I mean, not Quentin's bad, but Trump's bad. You know, in his best Mike Tyson voice. He just can't come on and say Trump's bad. Even though Mike Tyson would never say that. Mike and Trump, Mike and the Donald are friends. Known him for years. Mike will tell you that when he was in prison, uh, it, it was it was Trump who kept in touch with him. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who have gone to him with their hand out who can tell you a whole different story than you're hearing big time now now here we go we're heading down the stretch joe biden is up to bat in 16 was it 16 days and i i want to keep this up I want all of you to have the highest of expectations from Joe Biden. Because right now, the bar for Joe is so low. Only thing he has to do is show up at the debate and they'll be reporting that he won the thing just because he showed up. Now, all of the pundits, including me, I believe the president is going to stomp the snot out of him on the stage right there. I think it's going to it's going to happen right there on the stage. And I know Joe would prefer to be in his basement. I know that Joe uh, earlier, you know, in the campaign said he wish could take Trump out behind the woodshed and, you know, and, and, and you know, wear him out, you know. But uh, I don't think so. You know, Trump. Uh, grew up being friends to longshoremen and construction workers, uh, you know, like I did. And uh, he hung around some pretty, you know, rough dudes. He talks, uh, you know, I'm not saying the president says rough things sometimes, but we all know he does. <laughs> I don't think that'd be, uh, I don't think that task of um, taking, him, taking him on would be the, the best idea. Both of you are going to get hurt. And to grown men, that's never worth it, unless there's anger involved or a family member. Then it doesn't matter. But I don't think Joe weighed the cost of what it would be to try to take Trump behind the woodshed. And I don't think the news media realized what a counterpuncher he was. Being a former boxer myself, hey, he's a great counterpuncher. You throw one, he's going to follow it in. Yeah. And so, my friends, Casper Stockham's coming up, and Albert Guillory will be my special guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. Michelle's rounding them up as we speak, and we'll be back after these brief words. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that. You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Great day in the USA, all because of people just like you throughout the fruited plains of a land that is blessed from sea to shining sea by God. You should act like proud citizens of this nation. Through it all, through it all, listen, Americans, do you realize just how wealthy our nation is? And this is the thing that that Franklin warned us about, the republic crumbling once people realized that that they could vote themselves money from the treasury. He said, he said once, once they realize that they can elect politicians to steal the money and give it back to them, it will be the end of the Republican. Hey, listen, let me tell you, uh, folks, I'm telling you, you are seeing that go down. They're hiring politicians to steal your money. Omar and Talib uh, and Ocasio and, um, Cortez, yeah, they 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 didn't have anything. Omar came here broke, destitute, you know, you know, didn't have anything, nothing. This country was very generous to her. Ocasio Cortez was bartending and uh, barely making the rent, according to her in her own words. Before she upset and became house rep there in New York, out of the city of New York. And now she's um, a multi-millionaire with a brand that is just absolutely phenomenal. Her brand is huge. So is, so is um, Ilhan Omar. She just paid her her lover, boyfriend, whatever, you know, one point, I think it was 1.4, 1.2 million or something like that, just to go away. Yeah, I mean, you know, you pay your boyfriend 1.4 million as one of the people's house of representatives. I think the salary is something like 270 uh, a year. And I think she's a first-termer, right? Where do you get 1.4 mil from? Uh Uh-huh. Where do you get 1.4 mil to get? No, not just to put in your account. 
I, I could see how she would have done speaking engagements and this and that, you know, and, and accumulated some funds to, you know, uh, do her thing to put to stack up one point four. I, I could see that, but it's still a very short time, you know, for somebody who was broke. To stack up one point four when you only make two seventy grand a year. 270 grand a year. There's something kind of skewed about, you know, the vast figures that they're able to give away. <laughs> but how do you give away $1.4 million when you only make 270000 a year as a f- and you're an upstart? You're a freshman congressman. Does it give you an idea of just how hanky and panky uh, this kind of thing, thing can be? It can stink. It can actually stink. And so it, it's amazing. It, it's, it's, it's important that we elect to office people who, uh, first of all, are statesmen. I don't need another good politician. Obama was a great politician. Bill Clinton was a fantastic. I don't think, I don't think we've ever had, uh, not since, of course, I wouldn't around or alive during, but I, I love to read history and love to read these biographies. And I would like to read um, autobiographies as well. And one of the best ones is the uh, biography of um, Franklin Roosevelt. Great politician. Lincoln was a fantastic politician, but Clinton in modern times, Bill Clinton, is probably the best politician we have produced in this country. Barack was, was good, you know, and uh, he was slick. Barack was slick. The president is a great negotiator, which makes him a good politician, but his strength is negotiating. And so, um, I think history, I think the history books are going to be incredibly kind to Trump incredibly kind to Trump, even though the the media right now, the media, you know, is treating him like a rag, like a dog, you know, they're just running him down big time. But I think history, I think historians who take a sometimes um, a slanted view, but I, I think true historians when they look back on the era of Trump in America, I think he's going to get uh, justifiably another four years. And when historians look back on uh, the era of Trump, I think he's going to be viewed incredibly favorable, favorable by history. You know what? And when I look back on um, uh, Tea Party and, um, and when I look back on uh, how it affected the landscape of America, and when I look back on uh, black conservatism, when I look back on conservatism from Reagan to Trump, and when we look at how that is beginning to play out now and how that's beginning to to uh, work now, um, it's it's important for us to understand that 
history sometimes records something much differently than we get it in the real time. And I think history is going to be very, very kind uh, to this president. I really believe, I certainly hope justifiably that he will get a second term running for running for his first term in uh, the legislature is my next guest. I do believe that I have on with me Casper Stockham, Casper for Wyoming. Welcome to the CL Bryant show. How are you, brother? I'm doing fine, CL. I have to, I have to win Colorado first and then I'll move to Wyoming. <laughs> you know what? That's the second time, Casper, that I have done that. I did that one time off off radio, and now I've done it on radio live. I'm talking about Casper. You know what it is, Casper. I've been to Casper, Wyoming many times. Mm-hmm. That's what the deal is. That's what the deal is. But it's Casper for Colorado. Casper yes, for Colorado. Tell us about that run. How's it going? Actually, it's going phenomenal, um, CL, and I can tell you that it's going well because I'm being attacked by alligators on both sides. Keep them by gators. elite alligators. <laughs> Keep them gators uh, away, man. Doing something right. Yeah. Keep them gators away. You know, you know the best way to <laughs> to get a gator off of you, Casper. Punch him in the nose, man. Punch him in the (laughs) nose. I'm from Louisiana. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, um, that race, for a while, you were running way behind. But you, like the president, you're making up ground pretty fast. I am. I am making up ground. And we're, um, you know, we got the wind. Excuse me. We have the wind at our backs now. Uh, We've got material going out, yard signs going out, we're raising funds as we speak. Um, we're not going to be able to match my opponent dollar for dollar, but we don't have to. Um, the Democrats are pushing so hard on all this rioting and looting and everything else. All we have to do is make sure we attach them to that chaos, and we will do very well come November. You know, um, Casper, Casper Stockham is my special guest. Casper, we're going any further. Uh, tell everybody, uh, who may be inclined to help you how they may be able to do that. Yes, sir. So, uh, they can go to Casper for Colorado. It's F-O-R, Colorado.com. If they live in Colorado or the, or the um, Jefferson or Adams County area, we are looking for volunteers. We have a lot right now. We're looking for more volunteers because we are hitting the streets with the message. I've got yard signs going out, and the, and my yard signs have my picture on them. And, see, oh, it's funny because I go to the door. I have my yard sign in my hand. I knock on the door, and I step back uh, 10 feet or so from the door. And they come to the door, and I say, look, I'm about safety. You know, I introduce myself, Casper, so I can run for uh, Congress in this district. I'm about safety and security. I'm about getting our kids back in school safely. And I'm about ending the rioting and looting and mayhem that's going on in our cities across our nation. And uh, I have a yard sign. I want to put this yard sign in your yard. And they say, absolutely. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You know, you know, Casper, that that's the way to go at it, man. That is the way to go at it. Just be very frank, direct and anything I can do to help you. I will help you. And let me give you this advice because that's what this is. The in fact, this is the advice that uh, Freedom Works and uh, would we we give candidates all the time. And uh, is this 
call them out. You stand there and you you tell them, and and I, I I submit to you to get yourself a full page ad or a half page, whatever you can afford. Get your campaign yeah. can afford. Get a full page ad calling your opponent out on whatever yeah. it is, and then if they don't answer your your call out, uh, Casper, then you put out another ad in the newspaper asking the question why did my uh opponent not answer these indictments exactly. call them out exactly. and and you'll yeah, win this yeah. thing man that'll be a great thing i see i see you got the eminent dr elbert guillory coming up after you to say a few words yes, on your behalf he, what's going he on up there what's happening <laughs> well he is he, he is here in colorado he's going to be here for the next few days we are on the campaign trail. We're doing meet and greets. We're doing fundraisers. Um, hopefully, we're going shooting here in a couple of days at the range. <laughs> we're going to have some fun, but we're definitely getting the message out about my campaign. Uh, he's a big supporter of mine, so I'm just excited to have him and his family here, actually, for a couple of days helping me out. That is absolutely great. That is absolutely great, Casper. And Albert will do you a lot of good and whatever I can do. Uh, Michelle, Michelle, my producer, has been in touch with you and uh, just let her know. We'd certainly love a chance to bring you back on before the election. So let's make that happen. And let's see how uh, how much ground you've covered. And and uh, at this very point, uh, let's all mark that we've talked to Casper Stockham. And what is the district that uh, you are, are running in there? Yeah, U.S. Congressional District 7. U.S. Con- Congressional District 7. Great state yes, of Colorado. Casper Stockholm. Casper for Colorado. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to meet him in Wyoming and buy him the biggest <laughs> steak that he's ever eaten. <laughs> that sounds good. That Casper, sounds listen, good. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you. You uh, take uh, this last uh, 30, 40, um, this last minute that I have with you and uh, yes, say something to the people. Absolutely. So in our district, we have over, uh, I think we're getting a little bit of echo. Yeah. One second here. So, um, we have over 20% Hispanic population in that dish, over 20%, like 25%. So we are reaching out to the Hispanic pastors and leaders in that, in that area. In fact, Albert and I are going to be uh, uh, holding a lunch for Hispanic leaders in the area. So we're going to reach out to those folks, and all we need is a good percentage of them to understand what we're about, and we will be winning this race. So we're really excited about that. And and to your point earlier about um, calling my opponent out, we're advertising in Hispanic newspapers in Spanish. There you <laughs> go. Exactly there you calling go. Calling my opponent out. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. I, I understand. That, so. I understand from my producer that we do have with us on the line. And uh, Casper, I want you to stay right there. I do have. Okay. We do have the eminent doctor, uh, my good friend. My, I mean, my real good friend. My buddy. Uh, the Dr. Elbert Guillory. Doc, thank you so much for being on with me. How are you, man? Hadn't talked to you in a while. Michelle, we got him? Phil, it's great to hear your voice. Oh, great to hear yours, Doc. And, and hey, folks, I told you, I told you before uh, he came on 
that uh, this is my one of my go-to guys. He's a confidant of mine. He's a sage. I'm telling you. You can tell in his voice. It's just a smooth operator, man. I'm telling you. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I um, Thank you so much for helping my good friend Casper up there. What's going on? Talk to us, Doc. What's happening? Well, we're uh, doing some speaking and trying to raise some funds and if we want to make this happen, this young brother deserves to be in Washington, D.C. He has the heart. He has the intelligence, the love for people, the concern, the experience, veteran. Uh, we need good common sense folks like that in Washington, D.C. to protect our community. Right now, I believe that the black community is in, in great danger, man. Absolutely. You know, Albert, both you and I have been Democrats. We're Republicans now. We've uh, tried to wave the, the liberal banner, but it just didn't work for us. And of course, uh, we realized that uh, our core values were conservative. Uh, tell us from your point of view, uh, do you see that shift occurring in the black community toward breaking toward Trump? How are you seeing that? <laughs> I'm seeing the numbers growing daily. The uh, latest Rasmussen poll that was out last week shows a major shift in the black community away from the the burning and the looting, away from the, the rotten policies of the Democrat Party. You know, Albert, so, uh, you and I grew up uh, in the 60s. You're just a little bit older than me, and he doesn't look it at all. Uh, you know, he doesn't look at it all. But Albert, you were over 70, right? I'm 77 years old. I hit it. I, I, I told in the first hour I was introducing, I was, I was introducing the show. I said, I think the last time I talked to Albert, he was 75 personally. He must be 77 now. And I hit it. I said, but he doesn't look at it. He looks fantastic. And Albert, you give me hope to look like you when I'm 75 uh, years old. But uh, tell us this, um, when we think about the energy, and you have the same type of energy that the president has, you have much more energy than Sleepy Joe has. When we think about the energy that this president is conveying, are we seeing then uh, the polls being skewed? How, 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 I just can't see how Trump could be behind. And I don't want people to get lackadaisical at all. Uh, but I think, I think we're headed for a, a big day on November 3rd or maybe 4th. I really believe so. And the, the lamestream media is going berserk. They are trying to hide or shift or excuse somehow these these figures but the figures from every poll that i've seen are just magnificent they show that black folk are really taking a close look at not not what this man says not what he tweets but what he does what he has done his work in education jobs safety inner city investment investment in hbcus uh, the man has produced. He has produced. Casper for Wyoming, Albert Guillory have been <laughs> my special guest. Casper for Colorado, Casper for Colorado, and Albert Guillory have been my special guest. And I want to thank you both for being on. Listen, in fact, can you, if you can hold on, just I want you to stay with me through this break. I'll be right back. Stay with me. Stay with me. Okay. Right. Don't any of you go anywhere. I'm CL. I was worth saving 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation right here on the CL Bryant show on the largest platform, a talk platform in the nation, Red State Talk Radio, the talk monster. And if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, that iconic building, and you will see the Red State Talk billboard uh, every hour, every hour, 24 hours a day. The C.L. Bryant show does pop up there in Times Square. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you about a half block from where they drop the big ball there on. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, Michelle, with that on uh, on uh, New Year's night these days. But, you know, you and I are not going to be there, so we ain't going to worry about it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there are a lot of things for us to worry about, and even Donald, even our president. Now, listen to Cuomo. You may think that the president can't walk down the streets of New York. But I have friends, liberal friends, who live in New York City. And I'm telling you, I have a feeling they'd walk with him if he came to New York City right now. For the first time, a Republican president may actually be able to play significantly and actually gain percentage points and oh my god it would be mcgovern like if he won new york city on with me is gasper stockham and the eminent doctor elbert guillory elbert you and i i'm gonna go back to you cash we're gonna let you close everything out here uh in just a minute uh, with an appeal uh for your campaign but elbert you and i grew up uh, seeing the 60s and seeing real racism. Uh, we're, we're homeboys. In fact, my roots run into Acadiana down in Opelousas, Lafayette and Lake Charles area, uh, like yours does. As you have said, I've heard you say this. Uh, the, the, the map of Louisiana is written across both of our faces. And, and so, and certainly is the map of America. Albert, this is the question. Do our young people have this incredibly skewed view? of what racism is can you and can you give us uh from your point of view where we have come from to where we are at this point in time in america talk to us help when i was a boy one of my first memories is a, a black man who had a relationship with a white woman and he was tried 
sentenced to death and executed. Uh, he escaped just before he was killed. And uh, for two weeks, there was this great manhunt. And I was four years old. But I remember the men putting guns in their pockets. I remember my mother putting her gun in her uh, apron to just to walk me across the street to play with little boys. That was racism. Uh, this stuff that these young people are talking about is just uh, for a couple of little life's obstacles that you step right over and or climb up on top of and, and go forward. I, uh, wow. I I don't see the systemic racism that people are talking about today. Uh, there's great opportunity in this country, and all we need to do is is just pick the fruit off the American tree. Wow, wow! You see, folks, before you know, when I was setting it up, and you know, you know, telling everybody about you, Elbert, and you know, and, and you know that I really admire you, man. I really, really do. And uh, and I was I was setting it up, and I was telling everybody what you've just heard is what I was telling you about picking the fruit off of the American tree. And you know, you're gonna hear that again. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna because I'm gonna I'm gonna say it from some stage somewhere, no question about it. But uh, but Elbert and I have worked together. We've done things together. And he is a very good friend. He and his son uh, are, are very good, good folks. And Elbert, if, um, there's some shooting that you're doing, I, you, I want you to contact me because there's some things that uh, I might need you to help me shoot. And so let's, uh, let's talk about that. But thank you for that. And friends, when we think about racism, systemic racism in this nation, when we look through the historical eyes of people like Elbert Guillory and myself, and Elbert saw a Louisiana uh, years before I came along. And I'm telling you, I saw my share when I got here, too. Uh, colored day at the state fair. I was born in Confederate Memorial Hospital in Shreveport, Louisiana. So we can tell you about racism. But we have a job to do, and that is to get elected people like Casper Stockham for Colorado into places like Washington, D.C., who are statesmen. Casper, uh, I want you to come on now and I want you to make a final appeal to the the listening audience. They are nationwide, but I have a nice, a really nice listening audience there in Colorado because that was my home for a few months before my wife passed away. And uh, and I, uh, of course, uh, am back here in Louisiana now for a while. But uh, tell us about how we can help you. Tell us about you. Tell us about the campaign. You have the floor. You got about four minutes. Thank you, sir. So I, I appreciate you uh, giving us the opportunity to visit with you. Um, I grew up in a very liberal, progressive household. And by the time I was 17, I hated all things Republican and most things white. It's just the way it was, you know, back then. And my dad was a politician. And he was always mad. And I found out later, we didn't know any Republicans. He was always fighting with racists, if you will, Democrats. Uh, and right now what we're seeing is the Democrat Party is pushing an extreme liberal, uh, socialist, Marxist agenda. And, and even if they're not pushing it, they are definitely supporting it by not speaking out against it. So groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter are, 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 are 
marauding through our cities, burning, looting, destroying, um, harassing patriots at restaurants, uh, setting police cars and police on fire. I mean, it is just unbelievable, the chaos that is going on. And literally, the only thing standing between them and um, um, calm and peace is us, as in good politicians, the president. I think black conservatives um, are the best way for our country to survive. Absolutely. 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 The black conservatives are the only way for our country to survive. And Casper, I want to write, I want to piggyback uh, on what you have just said, because the visual, if you could see this, would be three black men who are conservative on this show, the C.L. Bryant show today, who are supporting one another. We're not fighting with one another. We're not trying to pull down anything else. We're just trying to show a better and different way and imploring folks who have been doing things the same way for so long to at least try something different. And we're, I lift up Albert. I lift up uh, uh, Casper and they lift me up. That's the way it should go. And each one of us bring to the table, the content of our own characters. You're listening to three black men who don't do, say, or even act the same way. We just simply bring to the American table the character of our individual content. I know that's what Casper Stockham for Colorado will do. He will bring to the table his individual character. Let him put a sign in your yard. Then go on out and support him. See what uh may come if we continue to when we continue to drain this swamp gentlemen both of you god bless you and god keep you casper tell them how to uh, help you out there one more time yes sir so they can go to casper for colorado at for colorado.com again we are we are we have to win at our backs right now so Albert's here helping uh um, push that agenda and we are doing great we're going to be doing greater, and we're going to take this over the finish line come November. So, Casper for Colorado.com. All right. We're looking for you to knock and it out of the park. Send him some money. Send, that's, that's it. Send him money. Albert, say it again. Please send Casper some money. That's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about, baby. And uh, send it. Send it. And, Casper, learn this. Albert just tried to teach you a lesson. He just tried to teach you a lesson. Do the ask, baby. Always ask. (laughs) Always ask. And so thank you both for being on with me. God bless and keep you both, Dr. Guillory. It it is always an honor to to be in your presence, whether it's personally or by phone. Casper, fight the good fight. Both of you do. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. I'm CL. Thank you both for being on with me. Remain your biggest fan, brother. Godspeed. God bless you. Folks, don't go anywhere. I'll be back in just a minute. Michelle, that was fantastic uh, having both of them on uh, with me there. We have Dr. Carol Swain, I believe, coming up after the top of the hour. Carol, a good friend of mine, and we both sit on the advisory board uh, for uh, Black Voices for Trump. 
And she has, um, well, she has something to say uh, to us about um, a, a, a topic that we have opened up. Critical race theory in higher education. You see, the president has just um, slapped that down. It was going on and you were paying for it. But you may not know what it is you were paying for. Well, Dr. Swain's going to be here with us to break that down big time. And then after uh, Dr. Swain would have been on with me, uh, we're going to um, talk further about that um, from a millennial's point of view, the critical race theory from a millennial point of view. We're going to kick off our Wise Woman Wednesday when the C.L. Bryant show returns. After uh, these words, and hey friends, I, I again, uh, at the top of the show, the opening of this hour, I, um, for those of you who may have tuned in late and missed the opening, uh, I was soliciting your prayers for a friend of, uh, of mine, uh, somebody reunited, I mean, actually reconnected with, uh, over the weekend and, um, Lee Lamson. And I need you to, to pray, to pray for him, lift him up, lift him up in prayer. The Lord knows who it is you're praying for because he knows who it is I'm asking you to pray for. Okay. So you don't need to know anything else other than the fact that you need to pray for this brother of ours. All of you believers, all of believe, all of you who are believers, um, you know, all of you believers, I ask you to pray for Lee Lamson in the name of Jesus. And so uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back after the top of the hour and we're going to kick off. Wise Woman Wednesday. That's what this is, right? This is Wednesday. <laughs> I never know what day it is, and sometimes I have no clue where I am when I wake up in the morning. Uh, and it's going to be that way for until after November 3rd when we wake up and Donald John Trump has been reelected as president of the United States. I'm CL. Be right back. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Hour two of the C.L. Bryant Show. Thank you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation uh, throughout uh, the fruited plains and the plains, the nation that is blessed by God from sea to shining sea. Uh, yes, we are. And they are fruited and uh, they are plentiful. And we're going to talk about how wealthy our nation is in the final segment of this show. But we're also going to talk about how unsustainable that can be, especially if we continue down the path of self-destruction that uh, we are on at this current time. Hey, folks, if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, that iconic building, and you will see an iconic sign. It's the Talk Monster sign, Red State Talk Radio, and uh, it's right there in Times Square. And uh, every hour on the hour, every hour well, through the hour, C.L. Bryant show, 24 hours a day, does pop up there in old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. Red State, Red State Talk radio the largest talk platform in the country and the most listened to my special guest is a friend of mine she and i are comrades and friends on aboard uh, black voices for trump she is eminently qualified to speak on uh, the topic that we are going to talk about today former professor vanderbilt my good friend Dr. Carol Swain, welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you? I'm doing great, but don't call me a comrade again. <laughs> uh, only you, Carol. <laughs> All right. I will not, my good friend. <laughs> Carol, that is. that. You know, I should know better than that. <laughs> I really should. I don't, I don't want anything reminding me of the Marxist takeover of America. Oh, my goodness. You're absolutely right. I must strike that from my vocabulary altogether uh, until after the election. And then I guess we can go back to being comrades again. I don't know. But anyway, uh, when Trump wins. But, Carol, there's something going on in this country right now. And it was going on in our own government. The president spoke up against it. Uh, critical race theory. Talk to us about uh, the evil of that. And what is that? Define it for us. First of all, it goes uh, back to the 1930s. And it's a concept that was developed by German philosophers that fled Germany after Hitler came to power. They set up residence at Columbia University where they taught, you know, probably a couple of generations of American students who fanned out across the country. And critical race theory, as opposed to a traditional theory, tries to explain what's happening in the world. Critical theory tries to dismantle the institutions that exist. And the goal is to free people from oppression and to create a society where everyone thrives and lives happily ever after. It has utopian goals, but it's rooted in Marxism because those German philosophers that fled Germany, they were Marxists, and they uh, got out of Hitler's way because of, you know, fascism and Marxism didn't mesh too well. Right, 
Right. You know, uh, when we is 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 this Carol what we are seeing? Then a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, it's, it's this isn't." But is this what we're seeing on the streets of some of our American cities? Is this it? Absolutely. I mean, critical critical theory itself is what was developed in the 1930s, and then in the 1980s, uh, scholars like Derek Bell, Richard Delgado. Uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, they developed the concept of um, critical race theory and intersectionality. Intersectionality comes from uh, Kimberly um, Crenshaw. And with critical race theory, it divides, you know, the world into oppressors and victims. The oppressors are white people. It argues that racism is permanent, that whiteness is property, and that the only way that white people can absolve themselves of that guilt is that they have to divest themselves of their whiteness and become anti-racist. And becoming an anti-racist uh, is different from not being a racist because they say it's not good enough for you individually to not be a racist. Uh, you have to do something actively against racism or homophobia or misogyny or whatever it is. You have to actively engage against it. And so some of those misguided white fools that you see on the street with Antifa and with Black Lives Matter, they uh, consider themselves anti-racist because they are destroying property, they're tearing down monuments, they're burning buildings, and they see that as, uh, at least they would want us to believe that they see it as helping our society and helping black people. Actually, it's making it worse for everyone and it's tied to their Marxist goals, uh, critical race theory, and the Marxism behind it is a global movement designed to bring down the United States of America and change our way of life, and they're doing it quite effectively. Eminent Dr. Carol Swain is my guest. She and I are, are we happen to sit on the same advisory board uh, for the present, Black Voices for Trump. We're both, of course, a part of Black Evangelicals for Trump as well. And, um, you know, Carol, when you were talking, it made me think that to ask this question, is it possible that the mayors in these cities who are letting them burn to the ground and telling their police officers to stand down, have they been infected then with this critical race theory, and uh, where where did they get infected with it? If if so, well, anyone that's gone to major colleges and universities have been exposed to it, and it's been taught. I went to uh, graduate school in in the nineteen eighties, and it was being studied uh, and taught by Marxist professors. But then later, you saw that there were professors who were not Marxist professors but concepts had integrated themselves into the curriculum. And so political correctness, microaggression, safe spaces, trigger warnings, all of those crazy things we were laughing at a few years ago, telling ourselves that wait until they graduate. Wait until they graduate. They're going to see the real world. Well, the joke was on us because they graduated. They got jobs at businesses and institutions. And what they did was take those ideas of Marxism and integrate them into policies and procedures that affect every facet of American life. And so the joke was on us. When it comes to the Marxists, 
that strategy that they have uh, encouraged involves deception, infiltration, and manipulation, and that it was a slow, gradual march, you know, through the institutions, and that uh, we're reaping um, the results of that. And so some of the mayors, and I would say uh, like Mayor Cooper, my mayor here in Nashville, uh, the one that presented himself as a conservative and got elected with Republican votes, has been a tyrant and uh, uh, keeping the city shut down and all sorts of things. And I think that Marxism uh, underlies his beliefs and that of most Democrats now who believe the ends justify the means. When we talk about Black Lives Matter, my special guest is Dr. Carol Swain. When we talk about um, Black Lives Matter, Carol, what type of deception is hidden in that phrase, Black Lives Matter? And why is it important that they make or try to make people say that? What, what, what's, what's up with that from your perspective? There are a lot of things going on. For one thing, uh, Black Lives Matter is a slogan that is a true statement uh, in the way that all lives matter. And so it's a true statement that many white people and black people feel that, of course, we should affirm that black lives matter. All lives matter, but we were told that we can't say all lives matter because that's racist. But uh, it's a slogan that is also the name of an organization that was started by three black women. Two of them uh, described themselves as queer and trained Marxists. And... You know, you can read uh, studies and books about Marxism, and so you're a person that read a book or study about Marxism, that doesn't make you a trained Marxist. When someone tells me they're a trained Marxist, that gives me an imagery of someone that's actually gone to a camp somewhere right. that has learned how to take the tactics and use them to achieve the Marxist goals. And so when they tell me, the organizers of Black Lives Matter, that they're trained Marxists, uh, that is not about advancing the goals of black people, but in their minds, it's about creating this utopian society where people are liberated and uh, they live happily ever after, which is rooted in secular humanism and Marxism. And it's a lie because every country that's tried Marxism and socialism, it's always been a miserable failure resulting in the death of millions of people. Is it then, uh, Carol, uh, incumbent upon us to be as vigilant as we possibly can? What are we looking out for and why is it important that we reelect Donald John Trump? Well, first of all, I want to say that I applaud President Trump for uh, pointing out, ending the funding for the diversity, equity training programs they have in the federal government uh, and pointing out that they are anti-American in their approach because they are steeped in critical theory. And what they could have done a better job of, this guy Russell Bullock, uh did not do a good job of grounding his uh, directive in the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment and the Civil Rights Laws because they were on firm legal grounding to issue that directive. And I would say a lot of corporations and schools that are pushing that critical theory race agenda, that they're in violation of the law. 
but no one's holding them accountable. And so what the president has done is important for all of our freedom, and it leads us closer to racial reconciliation. Uh, if we actually uh, uh, move away from diversity training towards unity training that respects the rights of all human beings, there is a better way to bring people together, and it certainly isn't what we've been doing with the highly paid $8 billion a year, $8 billion plus a year diversity industry. And Donald Trump, his reelection is important because he's the only person that has been able to stand up to the immigrant immigration people as well as the ones that are pushing a race agenda that's destroying America. Dr. Carol Swain, tell everyone how they can uh, get in touch with you. And listen, I was really pulling for you. I uh, was uh, telling friends there in the uh, Nashville area, the uh, um, Tennessee area, that uh, they should uh, take a look. And I certainly hope that you take a look at running again, Carol. Uh, because oh no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not called to do that. I'm called to do exactly what I'm doing now: right. writing and speaking. Then go I'm, for I'm, it. I'm, I've written. <laughs> you, you, you've written. You've written that horse already. I've written two uh, op-ed pieces. I hope uh, to find out today if one is highly published, published in a, uh, a top journal today. And now, how people can help me, there are a couple of things that I'm doing through my nonprofit. My nonprofit is Be the People Project. Be the People Project. I'm doing a national tribute to law enforcement on October 17th. That's a virtual conference that's free to everyone. And I would like people to sign up for that virtual tribute to law enforcement. Bob Woodson is the keynote speaker. Oh, yeah. And if you're in and if you're in Tennessee, I'm also trying to do a screening of the Uncle Tom film. And to be able to do that, I need to uh, raise about um, $3,600. And so if you live in the area, if you could buy group tickets or if you want to donate to the nonprofit, uh, that would help me be able to uh, bring that film to Nashville and offer free tickets the people who need to see it, and that's just about everyone. Absolutely. And, uh, Carol, I do believe that you and my good friend Larry Elder are in uh, that film together. Um, folks, give 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 the uh, web, the nonprofit again, where folks can uh, help you, send, send to help you bring the movie in. Uh, it's BeThePeopleNonprofit.com. Dot com be the people nonprofit.com if you forget that go to my website carolmswain.com click on nonprofit and there you will see links to the movie screening as well as to the um, national tribute to law enforcement and if you make a donation uh, just make the donation and I will be able to uh, apply it to uh, to the needs. Absolutely. Carol, I want to thank you for coming on with me. You're always uh, insightful and uh, delightful and, and uh, certainly look forward to seeing you on the trail uh, here real soon. God bless you and God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Again, thank you, Dr. Swain, for coming on. Thank you. I'm C. Bye-bye. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. And I had on with me um, earlier um, Albert Guillory.
my homeboy from Louisiana, the great state of Louisiana. But all of you know that even though I am a Louisianian by birth, I may become a Texan by the grace of God. <laughs> I don't know, but Guillory with me and Casper uh, Stockholm. I love Colorado too, but I don't know. It's already snowed up there. I don't know. I, I had my fill of that. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. But but if it just snowed every ever once in a while, I can deal with that. Well, Colorado comes a little bit too too often and too much for me. So I'm looking I'm looking at Texas. Casper for Colorado was on with me, and uh, and of course I kept thinking Casper, Wyoming. Oh boy, that's the way it goes. And then I had on with me Dr. Carol Swain, and of course Dr. Swain, eminent professor, former Vanderbilt, who told me very up straight up. Don't call me comrade. <laughs> comrade. Now, don't you call me comrade. You know, don't do it. And she's right. There should be no reminders of the evils of Marxism that's has invaded our shores and has actually wreaked havoc on our city streets so that it can be turned into a racial issue. Um for all the world to see. And that's the real nasty thing about this. Is that this is playing out not just on American television. We used to see this kind of stuff happen exclusively somewhere else. Unless, you know, the hippies or the yippies or the panthers or, you know, somebody like that were, you know, acting up in the streets and it was just a small thing the police the police quickly put it down and order was restored right we went on but we're seeing and the rest of the world is seeing stuff that we've not really seen before in this country our monuments our statues our iconic things that are uniquely American are under attack you better wake up you better wake up. I'll be back with Dr. Kia Ellis when I return. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
arms are lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. CL back with you on this fantastic day in the USA. Glad that you come along with us. As we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Hey, um, I want you to know that um, on this Wise Woman Wednesday, my first wise woman that was on was uh, today was Dr. Carol Swain. Dr. Carol Swain was my the first wise woman that was on, and she said something. She said something. She said something uh, about how our kids are big time indoctrinated in in the um, in the college classrooms by Marxists and. When we think about how Black Lives Matter was formed by three black women who identify themselves as, quote, queer. Okay. Okay. The other, uh, you know, is being uh, a trained Marxist. It's up front. Straight up, in your face, don't care what you think about it, Marxists. Okay? So, um, how, how do you, this, this, is, what I, this is my question, and I, I, I'm, I'm really, this is really a question that I've had. I have a question for this, because most of my audiences, uh, and uh, most of this audience has, has seen me at one time or another somewhere, either on uh, stage, screen, television, radio. What you, you, you've heard, you know what I do. So you, you, you probably gather, although I got to say, my black audience is growing rapidly. But most of my audience, quite frankly, is is, is white. I'd say ninety uh, percent of my audience is is white, and I know that um, it, it, it's it's uh, difficult to you know even consider the fact that. This may be coming from someone who has been on the other side. I, I'm I'm the former president of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Of course, Richard Dockery said if he found the people on this earth that didn't have some type of coloring, then they would change the name which meant it was a, an organization for all people, but particularly those who were considered colored. <laughs> Two-term president. I've seen both sides of this street. And I know, I know without a doubt that Marxist did invade 
from the very inception, it seems, the NAACP, and just like the cancer that did grow in this country, they could not be as in-your-face Marxist when the organization was founded <clears throat> because of, you know, the patriotic uh, type of... Um, Americans were very patriotic back then, back in 1911. Very patriotic. We were very proud to be a, the country that we are, and so forth. We're about to, in just a few years, some rumblings were going on. World War I was about to take place. My mom wasn't even born yet, you know, uh, my dad either, you know. Well, I think the dad, what well, my dad was born in that very time frame. Because I came along very late in their life, in his life for sure. And things were different. You just couldn't be an in-your-face Marxist like Black Lives, the, the founders of Black Lives Matter is. And like Dr. Swain said, and she said something, how can black, how can people support such a thing that will be detrimental to themselves. It seems to me that Americans are, are, are beginning to be that way all over, not just black Americans. All Americans are beginning to uh, consider things and do things that are detrimental to themselves. And it seems as though there are studies that are done, that um, instruct institutions, including your governmental institution, on how to uh, practice critical race theories. And uh, we're going to talk to Dr. Kia Ellis right now about diversity training and critical race theory. Help me welcome back to the show eminent doctor, Kia Ellis. Thank you so much for being on with me again. Thanks for having me, CL. It's good to talk to you. Always a pleasure to talk to you as well, Kia. Dr. Ellis, let me uh, ask you this. When we talk about critical race theory and, and then the offshoot of diversity training, what is that? Most Americans don't have a Talk to us, please. Well, my training is in clinical Christian counseling. And to be funny, when I hear critical race theory, I hear foolishness. But <laughs> <laughs> what it actually is, is teaching people how to feel badly about themselves and how to continue in racism. If we're being honest, that's what it is. How to feel badly about yourself why is it important for someone to push that on someone and why does that drive a profession like you have do people often suffer from these types of uh, abnormalities in their uh, in, in how they've been adjusted or how they've been programmed absolutely we all need attention we all need affection and approval and communication and for a lot of people, they've been taught that the only way to do that is to take it. 
in sort of an oppression mentality. And that's what critical race theory is about. It's about oppression, the oppressor, and the oppressed, as opposed to peers, people who are equal to one another and who communicate on the same level. Kia, when you talk about Christian counseling, uh, people uh, who may be believers, like you and I are unashamedly believers and call us upon the name of Jesus Christ, uh, folks, full disclosure. But there, there are people, I know I have listeners, who uh, uh, are not uh, as um, faithful or devout as you and I uh, try to be. We, we try to be. When, pe- when they hear Christian counseling, they kind of think, why do Christians need counseling? Talk to us about, talk to that person, please, about who we are and that we're people too. <laughs> we are. That's exactly right. We're all dealing with the human condition. It's not that uh, being a Christian or being devout in our faith means that we aren't living in the same world that everyone else is. In fact, we know that the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Things happen to all of us simply because we exist on this planet. So being a Christian doesn't keep us from having issues. It just means that we have an answer to the issues that we all face, and that's faith in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Amen. Tell us how, if someone's inclined to get in touch with you before we go any further, how do they do that? How do they get in touch with you? Uh, they can reach me on my website. My website is theteachacademy.org. They can schedule time to uh, visit with me over the phone. We can set uh, sessions um, in person, just however they want to work it, but they can reach me on my website. Friends, uh, as you can tell, her voice is incredibly soothing. She has a soothing personality as well. Doc, when we uh, look at the temperature, when you look at the climate uh, on the streets of some of our uh, nation's city, what is that about? Is there some type of end game? If there's some kind of psychology going on, speak to us about what you see. What is it? How do you see that? You know, you've heard the phrase, the blind leading the blind. I feel like that's a lot of what's happening. There's some really well-meaning people who are being led by not so well-meaning people, and they understand the power struggle. Um, There's a power struggle both in the physical and spiritually speaking where um, people want to be leaders and they want to be on top. And right now they found that racial division and socioeconomic division are some of the ways that they can get on top of one another. And so they're using it, and people are being used as pawns. Is there then, uh, uh, that, that as, you, as you were alluding to, and then I want to push it a little bit further, then what people are failing to see is that there's a design between this wedge that uh, is supposedly being driven uh, between Americans. Because, uh, Dr. Ellis, I want to, I want to, I want to, say this and and then I want you to respond and if you possibly can we may have to go into the next hour if you can stay with me I certainly love for you uh, to do it but 
this wedge that's being driven between us. I went to uh, the Walmart, let's say, I think it was the Walmart the other day, and then I went over, uh, there was no, I felt no racial tension there, uh, Keisha, I got to tell you that. I walked down the streets of my neighborhood, I, I feel no racial tension whatsoever, my neighbors are diverse. Uh, I go to, I don't know, the mechanic, whatever. I don't feel it. I go to the bank, whatever. I don't feel that when I'm talking to a banker or whoever, you know. But when I come home, Dr. Ellis, and I turn on the television, there it is. Racial tension. It's not really, you know, we go to our, I go to my church, you know, Word of God ministries, you know. And, and how I feel no racial tension there. And by the way, folks, I'm, her parents are absolutely excellent people. She's from great stuff. Uh, the Ellis, Ellis family is a great family. But Keisha, talk to us about this. What is you know, that about? Talk it's to really us. funny to be told that your experience means nothing. It's all about what you should feel because I feel the same way as a black woman. I don't feel any sort of danger or tension or uh, any concern in for my safety or well-being. But if I share that with people, I get told, and usually by white people, that I am oppressed and that I am in danger and they're just, you know, killing us in the street. So it's, it's really funny and interesting to have your experience not be the uh, deciding factor on how you feel about things. It is absolutely true. Uh, your experience should be the validation. But for some reason, they think that they need to validate you and tell you how your experience should be and friends that is if there's not uh, some type of uh, mind control uh, going on there trying to make you think the way they want you to think i don't know what that is and you know what keisha when you go to into into the college uh, classrooms uh, these days uh, you can't really express the way you truly think if you're conservative or christian these days you might get shouted down where did that come from? How did that, that did that sneak up on us? Uh, was it, is it something that was brewing and we all of a sudden awake to this nightmare? What's happening with that? Oh, I think it's been brewing for a while, but I think it's very, very, um, uh, it's a very intentional situation. It's, it's kind of twofold. So on the one hand, you have, uh, people who don't look like you telling you how you should feel so that's in itself oppression using the oppressor to oppress through their their voice being more important and then the second part is teaching that your experience should be one way or it's not valid so if you tell a young black person that if they're not uh, speaking in a in ebonics or in slang language or if they dress a certain way or live in a certain neighborhood that that's not really the black experience you're setting them up for failure either way so they either have to fail into that system or they have to be they have to fail out of that system and be called you know whitewashed or uncle tom or whatever it is and especially if they maintain conservative values it always seems to me dr kia ellis is my guest dr kia ellis is my guest here today and it always seems to me kia that there is someone 
wanting to profit off of that failure of that, that, that person they have made a victim of. Politically, I'm talking about, politically. Uh, they, they, they wind up needing help desperately. Kia, what age groups do you work with? I actually work uh, mostly with adults, so people 18 and over. Um, in my ministry, we have a team, and we have team members who work with different ages, but mine are, are 18 and older. We understand that in a position of transitioning from childhood to adulthood, there are a lot of voices that, that these kids are hearing. And we want to be the voice of reason, the voice of truth, um, and a voice of help. So I, I like to work with adults as they're transitioning, uh, maybe out of college and into the workforce, or you know, from singlehood to marriage, just different transition in, in adulthood. Yeah, yeah. And it's difficult these days. As you, as you said, there are so many voices out there now. Dr. Kia Ellis has been my guest. Kia, tell the folks, got one, we got about a minute left in the segment. Tell the folks one more time how they can get in touch with you. You can find me on my website, theteachacademy.org. Theteachacademy.org. Kia, Kia, Dr. Kia Ellis, it is always so good to be on with you. And I want to thank you again for being there with us here today. God bless you and God keep you. Keep fighting the good fight. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And that was Dr. Kia Ellis, who was on with us. And um, hey, folks. She's helped a lot of people. Get in touch with her if you need some help. Even though, if, And people do ask that question. They ask that question a lot of times when they hear me bring uh, people like Dr. Ellis on. They, they uh, ask that question. Well, well CL, uh, I thought you Christians were, uh, you know, somehow made perfect. Uh, no, that's a spiritual thing. We still have to live the life, you know, with all of its passions, with all of its you know, temptations. We still have to live the life. And and doing so, we have the same difficulties with it, living the life that anyone else does, except we have an answer for the pain that comes along with it. And what God gives us is other Christians to help us bear our load. That's what we're talking about. Faithfully, spiritually, not governmentally. I'll talk more about that when I come back. I'm CL. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. 
concern to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That- you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. You know, Michelle, um, going back into um, our scheduling, I want to do this. Get Sean, I need Sean Hannity on before. Uh, well, I don't know, really know when I'm going to be in town. We're going to do it, but so it may be hard to, to schedule him until I know I'm going to be here for at least three solid days so we can work with his schedule. I need Sean on, and I want uh, uh, Gordon, Gordon uh, Dr. Gordon Chang on again because these Chinese are, those are two, you know, those are two people that I really want. I know that we got uh, Pastor Tito, Pastor Tito Sotolongo will be on with me. Uh, here, I think tomorrow, and my good friend Brian Grisham from um, my my church, the, my home, my my church here in in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana. My home church is Galilee Baptist Church in Shreveport, but my the church where I serve now and the church where I attend now, I don't do much serving because I'm always gone, but I certainly do a lot of um, attending, whether it's online or. Uh, if I can be there in person, I'm certainly there in person. Uh, Word of God Ministries in Shreveport, Louisiana, my pastor, uh, James A. McMinnis. And I was saying, um, you know, I'm going to take it a different direction. I'm going to close this out a different, different way than I had planned because I, I started closing the show yesterday like this. I remember that uh, this was on my mind, it was on my heart. And it's sort of a message that... Um, I'm sort of carrying, uh, I'll be, especially I know I'm going to take this message to Pennsylvania. And so I'm, I'm not going to get into the crux of it because I'm, I'm going to be talking about this when I get to Pennsylvania. That's setting the captives free. But um, so many times as a Christian, I'm talking to you believers out there and those of you who uh, have been reluctant to be believers because uh, you thought it was something that um, is not truly, something is truly not, and that is um, you having to uh, always stand at attention or something of that nature, you know what I'm saying? Always trying to act like, are you hearing me? I want you to hear me here. Because American Christians, this is how and how, this is how and this is why we come under the attack that we come under. The only hope that we have of of being anything other than a wretch is because of the Christ that has come to live in you because of your profession of faith that you believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the Son of God, risen from the grave, and now sits at the right hand of power, and he will come again. That's the profession of faith. All of it is, of course, he's the virgin birth, and you come on down through the generations uh, to 
who he was. The profession of faith in him is the only thing to the, I'm, I'm saying this to the rest of the world. Those of you who are not believers who believe all this is hocus pocus and, you know, dominocus and all this kind of stuff. All right. Uh, we are saved from ourselves by the grace he extends to us through our faith in who he is. And uh, listen, I, I don't care who you are. I don't even care where you live on the planet. I'm going to show you, I'm going to, I'm going to share something with you to prove to you just how awesome God is. All of you right now, uh, say out loud, what is the current year that we're living in? 2020. You Christians better understand something. You have won the war. You have won the fight. And the very fact that the whole world counts time by the birth of Christ. Oh, try putting the year of the snake or the rabbit on your income tax return. Oh, it'll be, be kicked back. There's no question. It's going to kick back to you, I'm telling you. If you don't put anything other than the date that is recognized around the world on your income tax return, they don't take it. And I'm sure there's a plenty of non-believers in the IRS. Do you understand, folks, the type of warfare that you are against? It's already been won. Every time the new year changes, it sings its glory. It sings the glory of our Christ. 2021 sings the glory of Christ because that time frame is marked by his birth. So whether you believe it or not, hey, you acknowledge it. You actually become a witness to it. So what I'm saying is to those of you who, uh, you know, and, and believe me, the faith is under attack big time. There's no question about it. I'm then free to be Cleon Bryant. I mean, that's, that's who I am. I'm Cleon Bryant. That's my name, Cleon. And that's, that's, that's all I can be. I'm, I'm L.C. Bryant's son. I'm C.L. Bryant. He's told me to use the initials so we never forget where we came from. And never forget how poor and never forget how ignorant. We weren't stupid, but we were ignorant. I came from a family of men who were illiterate, you know couldn't even write their name let alone spell it so made it easy for him and just named them initials so my, my whole point is this I'm his son there have been times in my life that I have not been the best representative as his son I haven't been I mean you know I know it you know it he knows it he knew it I, you know, God certainly knows it, but that didn't change the fact that I was his son. Um, did he continue to love me? Of course he did. Was he always pleased with what I did? Of course not. Were there consequences to being his son, having not done what I was 
expected to do. Of course, there were. And sometimes it wasn't a physical thing, but it was a, a, a relational thing. Sometimes the relationship was strained. And that, many times, is the state that the world see Christians in, in a strained relationship with the Father. Almighty God. The str- and, and, and they judge you on that. Not realizing that we deal with our flesh the same way as everybody else does. It's just that uh, there's an advocate that we have. Are you hearing me? So, let me say to one and all of you, don't let those who are attacking, who are attacking Christians nail you to any cross. Don't allow it. You don't, you don't have to be crucified, uh, you know, in this physical or, or in the personal. You've been crucified with him on your accepting him as your savior from yourself. Oh, hey, he's had to save me many times. And that's why I ask him to sort of order my steps, guide me. And even I don't do that perfectly. You know, I'm still here. I'm still, you know, running my race. And uh, that can be, um, that can be a challenge. That can be a challenge. And what does he do? He always sends someone who helps ease your mind, ease your troubles, that you can share things with. Other Christians, people who begin to mean things to you, he always, who have the same type of uh, core values that you do, he always sends that type of support. Always does. And that's the beauty of being a Christian. And so, folks, when we look at a nation that has been a a Judeo-Christian nation, founded on those principles, and you cannot deny that, it is the Judeo-Christian ethic, it is the Judeo-Christian principles that has uh, defended and given other faiths that were not of the Judeo-Christian value or ethic. It has been the Judeo-Christian values that dominated this country, that gave others the right to worship the way they wanted to. But guess what? The way that they believe, the way that they believe, they would have given us. It would have oppressed us. And that's what we're trying to avoid now. So you Christians going to have to come out of the closet Okay, it's nothing worse than a closet Christian. I mean, hey, listen, God knows who you are, and he knows that you're not perfect. He knows that I'm not perfect. I never pretend to be. And that's what I was saying. Many times we try to act so much like a Christian. You need to be one. Are you hearing me? I mean, you know, when you act like a Christian, you, you know what you are? You're an actor. No, I was always Elsie Bryant's son. I never had to act like that. Sometimes I, my actions didn't bring him the, the highest reflection or glory or honor. But I was always his son. 
So I didn't have to act like one. I just had to be that. And that's all you Christians. That's all you have to do is be Christians. You don't stop acting and be. Huh? Are you hearing me? Can I get an amen? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, folks, we do have some difficult days ahead of us. And I do ask, uh, as I had from the top of the show, and I'm going to close and ask uh, the bottom of the show, uh, your prayers for uh, Lee Lamson and uh, lift him up uh, to God. You just need uh, to know that God knows who I am talking about. And so he knows who you are praying about. Yeah, Lee Lampson. Lift his family up in prayer, his wife June, um, their daughter, uh, Leanne, their, her children, her brothers and you know, sister, her, her, her siblings, I should say. And pray for one another. This is this is that time when uh, Christians and, and and listen, you you Christians get off the cross. You don't let people nail you to the cross, and you don't nail yourself there either. Okay, don't you do it? Come down. I mean, you, you know, get down off the cross. I mean, you don't have to do that. He did it once and for all. For all of those who would follow him, believe in him, let him into your heart and with that I want to thank God for the close of yet another day and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds and until I'm able to talk to you again my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you and I want to thank each and every one of my guests that were on my desire for you is that God would richly bless you and keep you all.